Hey Excel, I got a couple of really cool announcements that I want to jump off with before we get into tonight's message. And uh, the first one has to do with what transpired on June 30th. Guys, I am so overwhelmingly proud of what you were able to contribute uh, with the National Speed the Light movement that happened last Tuesday. Uh, for those of you who maybe didn't hear, we raised as a, a group within the nation of the Assemblies of God, we raised over a quarter of a million dollars on that one day. On that one day, teenagers like you from all across the United States got together with all different unconventional plans and pulled off a miracle. And I, again, I was just floored. I was excited. I was overwhelmed. But honestly, the part that got me the most excited was watching you guys, uh, watching how many of you stepped up and were willing to do something, were willing to contribute in some way. Uh, and again, it didn't really matter how much you gave or what you did. The fact that you participated is what meant so much to me. But I do want to recognize a couple of people that uh, really went big. And so I, we were keeping track as best we could. And what we found is uh, a few people that we just wanted to recognize really quick. Uh, I asked, first of all, well, among the leaders, who were the top givers? Who gave the most? And uh, even though this is a married couple, we split their amount in between the two of them. And Jonathan and Emily Alioto still managed to be the top givers. Uh, I just want to make sure I get these numbers right. Each of them, if you split what they did in half, were able to give $590 uh, to Speed the Light each which is unbelievable, which is amazing, which again, we're so proud of. Uh, and listen, we had about three leaders that gave over $500. And so we're so proud of, of people like Jonathan, Emily, uh, people like Sal and Gio, who each were able to give over $500. Um, this was unbelievable. The student who gave the most uh, was Ara. And even though Ara and her brother did something together, we split that in half because collectively they were able to raise $800. But even if we split that in half, Ara with $400 was still the top giver among the students. Um, and then again, the one that everybody was really interested in, which small group gave the most. And this was a back and forth thing. I wasn't sure who was going to come out on top. But we did say that we were going to put together a little uh, gift basket or a little care package for each person who gave within this small group. And the winning small group out of all the ones that gave the most were the Eagles. Um, who uh, I gave $2,032. $2,032 came from the Eagles small group. And again, I'm just so proud. I'm so ecstatic. But here's the deal. It's not about the individual and what they did on their own. It's about what we did collectively because all those numbers sound big until you realize that Excel as a youth ministry, we were able to give in one day $7,560. $7,560 for missions in one day. That's almost half of the goal that we set for this year, which honestly, I'm sure many of us had already forgotten about. I am so excited because I know that this is the beginning, not the end. This is something that's uh, began to move in your heart, not something that finished. And again, I'm going to touch base on that as we go through this message. But before I do, I want to give just one more announcement that I'm pretty excited about that I think is going to be amazing. I know all of you were bummed out that Spring Breakaway was canceled. And even many of you who go to summer camp uh, didn't have that opportunity. Particularly, man, I feel bad for the seniors who didn't get to have a last chance to go 
to Spring Breakaway or Summer Camp. But I do have good news. A number of the districts got together and basically put together a summer camp package. They got some of the biggest camp speakers around and had them each do a, a camp night, right? A service just like they would do it for camp. And we have a bunch of different really great worship bands, the ones that you're used to having at camp that did some worship sets. And they put it all together in this package. And so what we're going to do as Excel is each week on Thursday night, instead of hearing me or an interview, you're going to hear one of these camp experiences. So so we're going to be able to have camp, but we say it all the time. The same Jesus that moves in Carlinville, that moves uh, you know, where there's smelly water, uh, is the same God who can move in your room. Now, we're going to have an opportunity to hear some powerful, amazing messages from some phenomenal speakers, as well as some great worship. And I know some of you have been missing out on some of that worship time. And we're going to be able to have that in our rooms. And so I want to challenge you. I know as the summer has come in and, and things have gotten a little warmer, it's a little easier to not get online at 7 o'clock and watch the service call each other up, hold each other accountable, watch these camp experiences, and they maybe even call one of your leaders or call each other afterward and, and talk about it and digest what God has been doing. Because again, I believe if you are willing to step in and take a listen and engage in what God is doing on that Thursday night, God will move in you the same way he would have moved on you if you were at the altar in Carlinville and, or any other camp experience. And so uh, I am pumped about this. I'm excited about this. I'll still try to do some you know announcements beforehand or or a quick little message but uh i really want to uh implore you and beg you make sure you get involved with over the next four weeks as we experience this camp movement in our homes and so we'll be giving you more info on that uh again the cool part and maybe one of the best parts is the district was willing to provide this free of charge so we're not paying for it you're not paying for it this is a camp experience that we would have normally paid $200 to have in person. And now God is able to provide that in your home for free. Maybe you can send it to one of your friends. Maybe you can get together with your friends virtually, watch it together, and then talk about it afterward. This is a great opportunity to experience the things of God right where you're at. So as I was saying, I was so excited about what you guys did um, with everything that went down on June 30th and so proud. And as I talked to you individually, I kept hearing a lot of the same stuff. And I kept hearing how everyone had at some point doubt. Doubt that people would want to purchase what you were providing. Doubt that people would want to sponsor you. Doubt that people would want to listen to you. Doubt that people would care. Everybody had these doubts. Everybody had these fears. I was laughing uh, watching uh, uh, Ara try to sing and how nervous she and John were. Watching Jimena sell her baskets and sitting next to her mom literally trembling. You know, watching some of you guys interact and do the things that you're doing. I know that there was a moment of doubt and worry and man, is anybody even gonna care? And I love that God reminded you, listen, if you trust me, absolutely I'm gonna deliver. If you're willing to do your part, you better believe that I'm willing to do my part, especially when it's lined up with God's will. And so I hope that this was uh, not just a testament to, wow, look at what we did, but it's really a testament to say, wow, look at what God did. When I put my trust in him, when I, when I was willing to step out of my comfort zone and allow God to do something, God delivered in a big way. And I was thinking about that, and I was reminded of a man in the Bible in Mark chapter 9. 
There's this man who who has this serious issue going on with his child and and he brings it before the Lord. He, he brings the situation to Jesus. And it's interesting what this man says because he comes up to him and he says, Jesus, Jesus, if you're willing, would you heal my son? Or if you can, would you heal my son? And that's the, the interesting aspect. He asked him if he can. And, and I love Jesus' response because it's, it's almost um, a little harsh. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, he says this. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. He's like, bro, are, are you doubting me? What do you, what do you mean, if I can? Ability is not the issue. I am God. I spoke the world into existence. Of course I can. But do you believe I can do anything? In this verse, there are three key words that I want us to look at. Anything, possible, belief. Anything, possible, belief. If you're taking notes, the first one is anything. If you break down the word anything into its original root, you get anything. Yeah, really intellectual on that, isn't it? The point is, it's not that complicated. Anything means anything. Listen, Matthew chapter 21, verse 21 through 22. Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you will receive it. So you're saying, God, if I pray and I believe that, that doing karaoke is going to help me collect $800, you're going to show up? Yes. God, you're saying if, if I step out in faith, uh, along with other teenagers across the United States, we can raise a quarter of a million dollars in one day? That, that seems impossible. Absolutely. For you, it is impossible. For me, anything is possible. God is willing to use you to impact the world. God is able to heal. God is able to exceed our expectations if you and I are willing to believe that he is capable of doing anything. The problem is we relegate God to some things. And again, I don't think we do this out loud. I think if I were to ask you, do you believe God can do anything? Most of us would say, yeah. But that's not shown in your prayer life. Because if we're honest... We don't pray for anything. We only pray for some things. We pray for the things that we think God can do or that we think might happen if we pray about it. So we set our goals short. We set our prayer goals short. We don't believe God for miraculous. We only believe God for the practical. That's like I was mentioning to Judd is as Judd, you know, along with Ara were raising that $800 before they even got a dime. He had set a goal to say, hey, listen, if we reach 50 bucks, I'll wax my armpits. And within an hour, that was settled. Now, again, I don't think he was trying to be, but that was insulting to God. God's like, what do you mean? That's the price you're putting? That's what you think I'm able to do? See, when we're willing to put ourselves out there. God is willing to meet, reach us. But again, I think it's our unbelief that stops us. Listen to this. Mark chapter 6, verse 5 through 6. And because of their unbelief, so the reason was their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles, talking about Jesus, among them, except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. You've heard me say this a couple of times. There's only a few times where we see Jesus in the Bible ever amazed. 
He's amazed at someone's faith. And then he's amazed at the lack of faith. It's the only two times we hear Jesus being amazed about anything. He's amazed about their faith. And he's amazed about people's lack of faith. In this section, Jesus was in this town and he was willing to do miracles. But the Bible is clear because of their unbelief, he could only do a couple. Sometimes we limit God in our unbelief. We limit God because we limit the scope or the imagination of what we think God is capable of. Anything is possible for those who believe. Right? This is where I think God, hopefully, through what happened on Tuesday, is beginning to stretch your belief, is beginning to show you, see what I can do? Now, what do you imagine if you were to trust me for more? Hey, did you see what I did with that little bit that you trusted me with? Now, what do you think will happen when you begin to trust me with more? You saw how you trusted me with that little fundraiser you put together? Now, are you going to be willing to trust me with your parents' marriage? Now, are you willing to trust me with your future? Now, maybe are you willing to trust me with the next step that you're so unsure about? God is saying, listen, anything is possible for those who believe. But again, here's the caveat. Because sometimes we'll take that and we'll go, well, listen, then I'm just going to pray for everything, right? If anything is possible, then I'll pray for everything. And we forget the word possible. Jesus reminds us through the Bible that all things are possible in Christ, right? That everything is possible in Christ. But possible does not mean guaranteed, right? When your mom or dad say, hey, you know, you're asking, hey, can we go out and can we order pizza tonight? And your mom goes, possibly. That means 50-50, yes or no. And some of you are sitting there going, no, in my house, that means no. When they say possibly, that means it's not going to happen. Well, listen, that's not necessarily how God operates, but it isn't a yes. Possibly means God can do it, but it doesn't mean God will do it. There's a difference between what God can do and what God will do. Just because you want it doesn't always mean God is going to give it to you. Listen, John chapter 14, verse 13. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Now again, some of you are thinking, but you just said, if I ask for anything, he'll do it. You forget the comma after that. He'll do it, not so that you can benefit, but so that it can bring glory to the Father. In other words, if this doesn't honor God, he's not going to do it. Some of you have been praying for that guy or that girl to notice you and to like you. And you're wondering why God hasn't answered. And God's going, because that person is not good for you. Some of you have been praying to, to get out of a situation that you find yourselves in. And you're wondering why God hasn't taken you out of the situation. And God is going, because I'm the one that brought you in this situation. And you haven't learned the lesson that I'm trying to teach you in this situation yet. So I'm not going to take you out of it. Listen, your teacher can give you the answers to the test. Just because it's possible doesn't mean they will, though. They gave you that test for a reason, and they're trying to help you figure something out. And so, you know, just because anything is possible doesn't give you a blank check in heaven to say, well, God, I'm just going to pray for a million dollars, and if God doesn't show up, then obviously he can't do it. No, it means that God isn't willing to do it. Because God will never go against his will. If he knows that what you're praying for isn't going to bring glory to his name. If he knows that, you know, you're not the kind of person that can handle a million dollars. That as soon as you get that money, you're going to turn your back and never talk to him again. Why would God set you up for that? Yes, anything is possible. That word possible is important. It's only possible if it brings glory to the Father. In other words, 
Well, why did God bless what you were doing for Speed the Light? Because it brought glory to his name. Because people are going to know about Jesus. Because even in the process of what you were doing, you were bringing glory to his name. This is the, the idea. When we pray, some of the reasons are, are sometimes why God says no to your prayer. It's not because you don't deserve it. It's not because you're not good enough. Sometimes it's simply because that's not his will for your life. It's just, it's just not in the cards. And again, you and I could sit here and run around backwards and go, but why not? But God is clear that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. This is why faith is so important. God, I don't understand why you're not doing this, but I'm going to trust you. I used to always tell this story and it's still one of my favorite stories because it taught me such a hard lesson of when I was in grade school and uh, I prayed for us to win the championship game in basketball in seventh grade and we lost in overtime. And the next year we got to the same championship game. And again, I prayed with all my heart and we lost in overtime. And I felt like God had failed. I felt like, what's the point of prayer? God, you said you could do anything and it didn't happen. And then the next year when I was a freshman in high school, my grammar school went to the championship a third straight year and they won it. And God is kind of funny about it because I remember thinking, what's the point now? And God's going, you, you wanted the championship to bring glory to your name. I'm not going to do it just so that you can indulge in it. I'm doing this for me. Joey, I answered your prayer. I just didn't answer it the way you wanted it answered. Listen, it's important we understand James chapter 4, verse 3. It talks about the motives of our prayer. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. We need to be careful behind our motives, why we're asking for this, why we're asking God to move in this situation. You can't just pray something because it brings joy to your heart. You can't just pray something because it'll make your life more comfortable. No, we pray God's will. We pray that God will be glorified. And when our prayer lines up with his will, now you're in harmony with what God wants. You can't expect God to save a person. I've seen this a few times where we're praying for the salvation of somebody. And again, that sounds like God's will, right? Like why wouldn't God want this person to get saved? But your motive is so that you don't feel guilty about dating them because you know you shouldn't be with an unbeliever. And so your answer to this is, well, God make them a believer. And God's going, no, if I answer that, you're going to indulge it in your own pleasure. The point is not believer, not even now. It's that this isn't what I want for you. And again, I prayed that prayer. I've struggled with that battle. And it took a lot of hard lessons for me to figure out, you know what, God? I want to pray your will and not my will be done. Again, you look at Jesus. Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying with everything he has. He has tears of blood running down his eyes. And he says, God, if you are willing, take this cup of suffering away from me. But not your will be done. Or not my will be done, but your will, God. Jesus didn't want to have to physically endure the cross in the sense that it's not like he was excited about being beaten and crucified. This wasn't a, a, you know, an overwhelming happiness that he was feeling. There was a moment in his humanity where he's scared. And he's saying, God, if you're willing, I ask that you remove this. Could God have stopped that? Yes, at any point. But God's will was so that you and I can have a restorative relationship with him. And that meant the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. 
so that he could conquer death once and for all three days later. Jesus, understanding that, said, it's not about what I want, God. It's about what you want, though. And your will comes before mine. It's interesting when you look at it. You can't expect God to do anything if you can't believe he can. Right? Anything is possible. We understand that. But the last caveat is just as important. Anything is possible if you believe. See, God is the one that does the first two things. Anything is in his department. And the possibility is, again, in his department. But belief is in your hands. See, belief, I I think, is a two-sided coin. There's faith and then there's doubt. Whether you believe God can or God can't, you're right. Listen, James chapter 1, verse 6 through 8. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Our belief is not in the outcome, but in Christ. Right? Our belief is not in the outcome, but in Christ. So when we were praying for God to do something on Tuesday, and we we're praying for God to help us raise the money, our belief doesn't come because we raised $7,560. Our belief is in Christ, whether we raise that much or not. We have to be careful about allowing our faith to be dictated on results. See, our faith is dictated on God. And I trust him with whatever results come in. I trust him with whatever he's willing to do because my faith is in him. I trust him with the outcome. But I have to believe that God is listening to me, that God is willing to hear me, and that God will answer my prayer as it lines up with his will. I have to believe that. Because if you don't believe it, you won't pray it. And even if you do pray it, you don't mean it. Because God knows the sincerity of your heart. You have to be willing to pray with belief. Understand that anything is possible if you believe. Don't allow your faith to be dictated by results. Listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4 through 5. We are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we're qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. We're not qualified. We're not worthy of God answering our prayers. He does it because he wants to. Whatever qualification we have, the, the, the very you know act of being able to actually stand before God and ask for anything is because of him. It's because of what God is willing to do in us. Because God loves us. And so for me, I believe people that love me. I trust people that I have a loving relationship with. And they say it. I know they're willing to do it because I know who they are. Character has so much to do with belief. We have to trust and have faith in the character of God. I love what the Bible says that I'm not a man that should lie. Right? God's not like you and I who says one thing and does another. He is true and faithful to his word. We just have to believe it. Going back to the story in the beginning, Jesus, he checks this man's faith. And the man was honest in his reply. Listen. Mark 9, verse 24. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. 
Listen, I'm not saying you don't have faith. I'm just saying there's part of you that still doubts. This man was honest. He, he goes, obviously, I believe I, I came to you. I wouldn't have come to you if I didn't believe. But Jesus wasn't pointing out that he just didn't believe. He was pointing out that there was a part of him that doubted. I wonder right now, young man, young lady, what part of you doubts? What part of you is still struggling to trust God? What part of you is lacking in faith? And I love what this man says. Jesus, I can't resolve my lack of faith. Not on my own. Help me overcome my unbelief. We need the Lord to help us overcome our unbelief. Because again, even with what we did on Tuesday, that was great. But I hope that was just a start. Remember, at the beginning of the year, we believed that God was going to accomplish uh, $20,000 raised for missions. You did almost half of that in one day. Why God? Why can't God finish what we started? But we have to believe. And there's parts of us that go, I can't do more. I just did, you know, how many hundred dollars? People aren't going to want to keep giving. People aren't going to want to support this. People have already heard this spiel. People who would gave already gave. Listen, those are all the same excuses you gave yourself the first time around. And God showed up. And it's not just about raising money for missions. Listen, you can put this in any part of your life and anything that you're struggling with and any part that you feel like you're never going to overcome. Maybe you're struggling with your anger issue and you're thinking, listen, this is just how it's going to be. Well, not if you believe and have faith. You have to trust God, even in those areas where you doubt him. And doubt is a process that we overcome. This is something that we continually pray and ask the Lord. This is something that me, as your pastor, there are moments where doubt will creep into my heart and I have to trust God. I mentioned this story last year, but I'm going to wrap it up with with just repeating it one more time. When I was at a a camp last year, there was a moment the Lord clearly told me that he was going to heal someone's back. And in that moment appeared, and I saw it clear as day, the Lord said, now is this time. As I was getting ready to pray for that young man who had scoliosis, the Lord prompted me quickly. And it felt like he almost hit me in the chest like he told this man. And he goes, don't you doubt me. Truth is, I did. I was nervous. I'm thinking, who am I? I, I'm not that kind of preacher. I'm not that kind of guy. I've never done this before. Like, who am I that's going to be able to lay hands on somebody and watch him get healed? Not only did that young man have his back healed that night, but even two days later, another young lady came to me. For prayer and had her back healed. Listen, we all go through moments of doubt. We all have moments where we maybe waver for a moment, but you have to remember that anything is possible for those who believe. We saw that happen Tuesday. Watch while it happens in other aspects of your life. God bless you, Excel. Let me pray for you as we close this out. Heavenly Father, God, I ask you that you help us right now, Lord. Father, we believe we have a certain level of faith, but there's also a part of us that doubts, a part of us that struggles from time to time. And so, Lord, we ask you right now, would you help us with our unbelief? Would you begin to move in our hearts right now, God? Would you begin to remind us, God, that you are greater than our circumstances, that you are able and willing to do things, God, if we are willing to believe, God, that anything is possible for those who believe. And so, Lord, I just pray, help us to grow in our prayer life. Help us to grow in our faith. Help us to trust you, God, like we trusted you this past week as we saw you move, as we got out of our comfort zones and we allowed you to move in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would help us. 
Lord, even those who didn't move because of doubt, even those who stayed back because they were worried about how they would look, God, I pray that you would help them with their unbelief. That, Lord, together as a unit, we would step forward and we would be known as a ministry that trusts and believes God. Lord, that as we pray, we will see you accomplish so many miracles because we didn't doubt you. Because we understood that anything is possible when we believe. So we pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I love you, Excel. I can't wait to start our camp next week online. Make sure you stay tuned with that. Hit up a friend. It's going to be amazing. God bless you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye.